0: Gold, Friday Gold Wrap: your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, July 9th. I'm your host, Mike and Harry. Thanks for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, today we bring you Not A Recession, brought to you by the same people who gave you transitory inflation. Do you ever feel like you've been dumped into a washing machine and you're on a perpetual spin cycle? Or or maybe that George Orwell's fiction has just become today's reality. I mean, geez louise. Okay, so a lot to go over today. I'm really not even quite sure where to start so that I can tie all of it together. I guess we'll start with the GDP data and the mainstream spin we got on that, and then we'll get into this week's Fed meeting. So, as you probably know, GDP contracted for the second straight quarter. On its first read, Q2 GDP was negative 0.9%. And, of course, that follows on the heels of the negative 1.6% that we got in Q1. Now, the, uh, the Atlanta Fed has been projecting this contraction in Q2 for a while, but the mainstream consensus... Uh, And it really popped up in a lot of the headlines yesterday morning was that we were going to get a 0.3% growth in GDP. I think that was just consensus wishful thinking. So, now for the spin, which actually started earlier in the week before the GDP numbers came out. Now, the rule of thumb definition for a recession has been for years and years, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. If you roll with that, we are in a recession now, and we've been in a recession since the beginning uh, beginning of the year. But don't worry, the White House has already fixed it. No, not with the stupid inflation reduction act. It just redefined recession. This is masterful propaganda. I mean, you got to give them credit. Masterful propaganda. And a pretty solid gaslighting campaign. And it demonstrates how the government manages to prop up support for itself, despite objectively wrecking, I don't know, pretty much everything it touches, right? So if you're not familiar with the term gaslighting, it just means manipulating someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity or their own reality. And, And basically what you're doing is you're subtly altering their perception of reality. So last Friday, the White House published a blog, and it takes the art of gaslighting to new heights. So I'm going to read this, this section here. What is a recession? Well, some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession. That is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. Instead, both official determinations of recessions and economists' assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and incomes. Based on these data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if Followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter indicates a recession. So there you have it. Problem solved. No recession. Now you'll notice that in all of that word vomit, there really wasn't a definition of inflation at all, right? It's jello. Um, and that's important. We'll get to that in a second. It's also funny to note, that they trotted out Grandma Yellen, who helped reinforce the spin. Uh, She pointed out that two contracting GDP quarters isn't the technical definition of a recession. You're going to hear that word a lot as you listen to the mainstream spin. It's not the technical definition of a recession. Now, technically, they aren't lying. In fact, Facebook is apparently fact-checking claims that the Biden administration is changing the definition of recession, calling that totally false. Now, technicals aside, it's still gaslighting and it's still propaganda. In fact, you know most propaganda isn't blatantly false. If you look at the definition of propaganda, it is information that is false or emphasizes just a part of a situation in order to manipulate your beliefs. And that's exactly what we have here. So here's the truth. There actually isn't a technical definition of a recession. So Yellen isn't lying. Biden isn't lying. The White House isn't lying. We have a recession, technically, when the economists at the National Bureau of Economic Research say we have a recession. Now, Interestingly, they're usually pretty late to the party. In fact, they didn't announce the 2008 recession was a recession until December of that year. You know, when you think about it, this is eerily similar to the early days of the 2008 uh, Great Recession when the mainstream media and government officials kept saying, oh, everything's fine, even as the economy was going up in flames. Now, all of that said, two consecutive quarters of GDP contraction is the common definition, if it's not the technical definition. The last 10 times that we've had two back-to-back quarters of contracting GDP, they have called it a recession. And I bet you dollars to donuts that if Trump was in office, every mainstream outlet would be screaming about the Trump recession. So I got to be honest, I have zero qualms. In calling this a recession and saying that the White House is spinning things, especially considering the other data that's out there. Peter Schiff did a, a podcast this week um, talking about all of the negative economic data that's out there. I wrote an article about the housing market and how that's a red flag for the economy. I'll link to those things in the show notes page. So here's the bottom line if the Facebook fact checker, uh, if, if they wanna fact check me, they can kiss my rear. If they don't like the way that I'm spinning the White House spin. You know, I talked about this uh, in in last week's show. If you haven't caught it, check it out. Uh, Words matter. You know, they changed the definition of inflation so they can hide their culpability for squeezing all of the money out of your paycheck. And, And now they're pretending we're not in a recession. And when you look at what's going on, they have to pretend that, right? So... On a quick aside, I mentioned this uh, new spending bill that the Democrats are now pushing through. They're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, there's some propaganda for you. If you want to know what a bill actually does, just read the title, and the bill does exactly the opposite of whatever the title says. So, Newsflash, government spending money does not reduce inflation. It causes inflation. Now, they're going to say that, oh, this is paid for with the higher taxes on corporations that we're going to throw out there. Dirty little secret, these spending plans always cost more than projected and the revenues that they say they're going to generate with this or that tax or cut or whatever it's always less than projected so as sure as i'm sitting here if they pass this there will be more borrowing and money printing which is by definition inflation and even if they can collect the taxes that they claim who raises taxes in a recession oh wait there isn't a recession never mind (laughs) you see how it works all right, so let's dig into this Federal Reserve meeting. Yesterday, I was telling a friend that my take on this Fed meeting isn't a whole lot different from my take on the last one. Um, last time, I think I asked, could this possibly be the last rate hike? Obviously, they they hiked again. Um, but, you know, it's only been a month, and, and we've seen the deterioration in the economic data. Of course, the Fed meeting was before the GDP print. Um so I'm really kind of in the same place. Um, I really think they're close to the end of their road. They're definitely at a crossroads. So the Fed delivered another 75 basis point interest rate hike and this pushes the federal funds rate over 2%. uh, We're now between 225 and 2.5%. Now, the mainstream media really emphasized the the size of this hike. One headline called it a second supersized hike, uh, with many other mainstream pundits noting that it marched June's hike, which was the biggest since 1994. But, Consider this. It wasn't as big as the full 1% hike that everybody thought was on the table after we got June's flaming hot consumer price index. So really in the matter of a couple of weeks, we went from, oh yeah, they're going to do uh, 100 basis points to, oh, they're probably going to do 75, which of course is is what we got. So here's the question that I want you to ponder as we kind of walk through Uh, the messaging out of this Fed meeting. Do you think this will be the last hike in this cycle? So ponder on that as we talk. The corporate financial press seems to think that the Fed is going to hike again in September, and the central bank certainly left that impression. The FOMC statement said that it, quote, anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate. And uh, Powell said in his press conference, Another unusually large increase could be appropriate at the September meeting. So they're still talking tough. They've still got this, this inflation problem 9.2% CPI. Um, I think that's going to come down significantly in the next print because we've seen this drop in oil prices. So, you know, that, that's good news for the Fed for where they are. But um, as of now, we're still, you know, everybody's still focused on that big inflation number. Core inflation didn't come down as much, so the Fed has to keep talking tough, and uh, so they went with 75, and they're talking about more in September. But remember, the Fed is really good at spinning too. The FOMC statement left a little bit of wiggle room, saying the committee would be prepared to adjust the stance of monetary policy as appropriate, everything's as appropriate, right? If risks emerge that could impede the attainment of the committee's goals. So, yeah, that's just Fed speak for we might not raise rates significantly in September. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell left even more space to retreat from this inflation fight, saying that there is, quote, significantly more uncertainty right now than normal. And the lack of any clear insight into the future trajectory of the economy means that the Fed can only provide reliable policy guidance on a meeting by meeting basis. In other words, the Fed can stop hiking at any time. So basically, they don't know what they're going to do next. This goes back to something I said a month or two ago. They're they're totally winging it, right? These guys want you to think that they're, you know, they're going through reams of data and they're like inputting qu- equations into computers and it's this big, you know, mysterious scientific thing they're doing to determine these rate hikes. No, it's really more like they're sticking their fingers in the air and they're acting based on uh, the direction of the wind. Now, the markets definitely interpreted the Fed's stance as more dovish. Uh, Stocks were up. The Dow rallied both Wednesday and Thursday. Think about that. We got negative GDP print, giving every indication that we're in a recession, and the Dow was up over 300 points yesterday. Oh, wait, no recession. Never mind. Um, And and gold and silver had a really big day yesterday. Gold logged its uh, biggest one-day percentage gain since March, and silver was up nearly 7%. So I think people are starting to realize that the Fed is indeed at the end of its rope. They understand that there's not much more rate hiking that the Fed can do given the state of the economy. And they think, like I do, that we're going to go back to easy money sooner rather than later. So with this 75 basis point hike interest rates are now equal to the peak of the last hiking cycle which was in December 2018. Now if you look at the trajectory of rate increases after recession. So if you go back, you know, go back to the dot com and then you look at uh, the great recession every time you get a uh, they push the interest rates lower. And do more QE in order to blow up the bubble. And then they can only raise rates to a certain level before they pop the bubbles. And that level gets lower and lower every time. I think I've uh, shared this chart. If you go to uh, shiftcold.com slash news and click on the article about the Fed rate hike, you'll see this chart. So it shows that every time they get low. Le- so really, if, if you follow history, if you follow that trend, you would think that the interest rate is already now above what would crash the economy. Of course, the White House notwithstanding, I think we have crashed the economy. I think we're at the early stages of the recession. But they just hiked again. So they're now equal to where they were in 2018. Now think about this. When interest rates reached this level, it was December 2018, uh, the stock market was in the middle of a crash, economic data was all wobbly, and in response, that December 2018 rate hike was the last one. The Fed reversed course the following year, they put um, uh, cut rates three times, and they relaunched quantitative easing in 2019, although it refused to call it that, that was another masterful spin. Uh, and, And... Remember, this all happened long before the extraordinarily loose monetary policy that was launched in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. I've said this before. I think the pandemic saved the Fed's bacon. You know, we were heading for a recession before that pandemic started, but the central bankers knew they weren't anywhere near normalizing monetary policy after all of the craziness they did in 2008. Yet they were already hearing the air hissing out of the bubbles that they blew up. So Rona let them double down on quantitative easing. It gave them an excuse to do what they're going to have to do anyway to reinflate the bubbles. And here we are. The bubbles are popping again. The economy is tanking. There's even more debt and malinvestment in the economy now than there was in 2019. It seems really unlikely to me that the Fed can push rates any higher without a complete economic meltdown. In fact, this last rate hike may have gone beyond that limit. We may already be past the point of no return because, don't tell anybody, but we're already in a recession Now, the FOMC did concede that the economy appears to have softened, but the committee remained sanguine. Quote, nonetheless, job gains have been robust in recent months and the unemployment rate has remained low. And during his post-meeting press conference, Powell insisted that the economy was not in recession. He said, there are too many areas of the economy that are performing too well. I would point to a very strong labor market. But then he did concede that it is true that growth is slowing. Now, Powell obviously got the White House memo about the definition of a recession. He reiterated that two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth don't mean that the economy is in a downturn. And then he claimed it wasn't his job to determine what a recession is. So he kind of deflected a little bit. Look, he really needs you to believe that there's no recession because think about this. The Fed just hiked interest rates 75 basis points into a recession. You don't do that in the conventional monetary policy theory. So this is interesting to me. While Powell and and a lot of other people keep saying the economy is strong, the only data that they consistently point to is the labor market, right? Right. But I've said this over and over again. The job market is a lagging indicator. You start seeing layoffs after companies realize, oh, our our growth is slowing down. We're not selling as much, so we have to lay people off. So you're going to see drops in uh, employment later into the downturn. And we're already starting to see these jobs numbers looking a little bit shaky. Weekly jobless claims. They were above expectations again this week. They fell a mere 5,000 from last week's eight-month high. In fact, the 256,000 initial claims this week would have been an increase over last week, except for the fact that they revised last week's number up to 261,000. Meanwhile, if you looked at the four-week moving average, it was up. And as I've already mentioned, we're already seeing big pullbacks in the housing market, manufacturing, retail. The average American isn't buying this, the economy is fine narrative. Consumer confidence fell to a 19-month low in July. So I've talked about this before. You know, the easy summation is the economy was built on easy money and debt. It looks like taking away the easy money punch bowl has already popped the bubble. This latest hike will only make the rip in the bubble bigger, letting the air out even faster. It's only a matter of time before this whole house of cards economy collapses. Now, in reality, this needs to happen. The economy needs a recession to cleanse out all of the misallocations and distortions in the economy. But that would mean a lot of pain. If the Fed did the right thing, the right thing would be for the Fed not to exist, right? We don't really need a bunch of central bankers micromanaging money. But given the situation as it is, the, the right thing for the Fed to do is to keep hiking rates, deal with this inflation problem, get the excess liquidity out of the economy, allow uh, everything to reset so we can have a healthy economy. That would be the right thing to do. But again, it would cause a lot of pain. So despite the recent rate hikes and all of the tough talk, you have to wonder if the Fed has the stomach to follow through with the inflation fight. Does it have the will to do the right thing and allow the economy to crash into the ground? Now, for now, the central bankers and the Fed and policymakers in D.C., they can try to spin away the recession. You know, They've got it in the spin cycle. They can try to spin it away and hope that inflation is just magically going to go away before things get really, really bad. And then they can go back to business as usual. And by business as usual, I mean borrowing and spending and printing money out of thin air. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think the Fed has the will to do the right thing. And the trajectory of balance sheet reduction reveals that the Fed doesn't really have a stomach for this inflation fight. The FOMC statement claimed that, "quote, The committee will continue reducing its holdings of Treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities as described in the plans for reducing the size of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet that were issued in May. So we're talking about shrinking the balance sheet here. And the FOMC is saying, hey, we're going to keep right on doing what we're doing. The problem is they're not doing anything. Um, It's now the end of July, and the Fed still isn't reducing the size of its balance sheet as described in the plan that they put out last May. The balance sheet peaked in April at $8.966 trillion. Since that time, the Fed has reduced the balance sheet by $66 billion. That's a 0.74% reduction in the balance sheet. Now, the plan announced in May was for $30 billion in treasuries and $17.5 billion in mortgage-backed securities to come off the balance sheet in June, July, and August. That totals $45 billion per month. In September, the Fed plans to up that pace to $95 billion a month. Now, at the time when they released this plan, I noted that it wasn't an impressive balance sheet roll-off given the historically high CPI at $95 billion per month, so once we get to September, it would still take 7.8 years for the Fed to shrink the balance sheet back to just the pre-pandemic levels. That Now, it's not even keeping pace with its own tepid plan. Don't you think if the Fed was really serious about fighting inflation, it would be rapidly shrinking the money supply? I mean, that's what needs to happen, right? They need to get the liquidity out of the economy, the extra money that's sloshing around out there. That's what is causing inflation. It's the increase in the money supply. Now, money supply is not growing as fast as it was, but they're still increasing it. They're not shrinking the balance sheet to any significant degree. It just doesn't seem like they're really serious about this inflation fight. It's more talk and window dressing than actual fight. You know, it's like the two boxers that are in the pre-fight and they're standing there at the weigh-in and they're, you know, jawing and, and poking each other in a chest, but there, there's not really a fight here. So my question remains, is the Fed at the end of the rope? And when it inevitably reaches that point, is it going to let go and keep tightening to fight inflation and take the economy into freefall? Or is it going to surrender to inflation and pivot back to easy money and quantitative easing and letting inflation run wild in order to blow the air back into the bubbles and rescue the economy? That's the question. It's been the question for the last several months And it will continue to be the question as we move forward over the next half of 2022. What is the Fed going to do? Is it going to cut or uh, hike rates again in uh, September? Will it pause? Will it cut? How bad is the economy going to get? It's going to be interesting to watch all of this unfold. In the meantime, it's wise to prepare for what's coming down the pike. And one way that you can prepare Is consider adding gold and silver to your investment portfolio. Um, I put my money where my mouth is. Gold and silver are part of my broader uh, investment plan. And if you want to learn more about this, how gold and silver can help you with your investment goals, I highly recommend talking to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. You can do that by just calling 1 888 Gold 160 or you can email them, info at shiftgold.com. Or if you want, you can just go to shiftgold.com, go to the Getting Started tab, and you can actually chat with a precious metal specialist right there online. I've said before, these guys are fantastic. Uh, I recently worked with them to buy some silver, and uh, it's it's an easy process. And The thing that I like about these guys is that they're going to talk to you and, and try to figure out you know what's gonna work for you? And they can act you know, they can give you suggestions, they can talk about the macroeconomics, very well versed, and they're engaged in this every single day. So give them a call. And with that, I'm gonna call this a gold wrap for the week. Um this may be the longest Friday gold wrap. I'm not sure. We'll see how it times out. But uh it's a gold wrap for this week, and you can get more details on all the stuff that i've talked about today and of course keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shipgold.com slash news it's also where you'll find the show notes page if you haven't done it you can subscribe to the friday gold wrap podcast get it right into your podcaster over at apple podcasts or on stitcher you can listen on the shipgold youtube channel you'll find links to all of this stuff as well as our social media over on the show notes page um you want to send me an email you can do that M-Mahari, m-m-a-h-a-r-r-e-y at shipgold.com love to hear from folks i hope everybody has a great weekend and i'll talk to you next week